This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. Today, my guest is someone who is really changing the way fans engage with sports through technology and has been one of the best at her field. Kelly Pratt is the CEO and founder of Envenue, which has pioneered the micro betting and tech space in the sports world and beyond. Kelly, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Doug. It's really, really nice to be here. You've had some amazing people on this show, like heavy hitters. So representing the sports techie space, I uh, I don't take that lightly. So I appreciate, appreciate you having me. You mentioned before we started, you were going to put up your Altuve jersey. You should have, because he I, is such an incredible player. Yeah, he's so inspiring. And, you know, as I developed this company, I, I, I've my common thing that I tell people is I spent over probably a hundred games at Minute Maid Park building this tech and testing the tech. So I got to see uh, Altuve's almost his entire career with the Astros and it's been, it's been a blast. So. Well, let's start there then. You were going to these Astro games and uh, an idea kind of just popped into your head that uh, really has changed your life. There was something lacking in the sports world and, and you came up with it and now it's become your passion. It really is. Um, so 2015 to 2017, you'd, you'd find me in my career. I was in uh, uh, doing high performance compute. I've been working at HPE uh, then and developing really advanced technologies. And our our go-to pastime as a family has been baseball. So we were in Houston and, and uh, all of a sudden the light bulb started going in my head, like how we solve problems in tech in the real world. Um, I've seen so many times technology, we try and force fit solutions and make people want them. But here I'm at these games and, you know, it was really simple as a start. I'm, I'm watching the numbers up on the screen and watching the game and, and, you know, stats are a passion of mine, but I like real time stats and I couldn't make sense of them as fast as I, I wanted more, you know, like, okay, that's the batter. I want the pitcher uh, stuff is happening in real time. But I, what I really wanted to answer was what's going to happen? What, what do the numbers really tell me? Like I, and you can't do splits on splits on splits that fast. And I was solving these big tech problems that were, uh, we were simulating the nuclear stockpile with our customers and we were predicting, helping the world predict large global weather patterns. And I thought, you know what, I just want to predict what's about to happen in baseball. So somewhere between 15 and 17, I started tinkering with the code, then got very serious and uh, you know, by 2019, we had prototypes running and working that predicted in real time. But it all came from that, that really that need of we need to understand data faster and better uh, and more quicker. So it complements how we experience watching sports. So let's talk about micro betting, because a lot of people might not understand exactly what what you work with and, and how you've really changed this landscape of in-game experience, whether you're in the stands or or at a stadium. People can now look at your data that you're providing for them and make intelligent decisions. 100%. So what I like to talk about microbetting or to really explain microbetting is this is something we've always done as fans, always. And, and as I was sitting in games and sitting at sports bars and I come from this crazy sports family, so I, I know what it's like to watch sports in every environment, um, what we do is we predict about what, what's about to happen. And we talk about it. I'll bet you, I'll bet you this is going to be a home run. I'll bet you he, he gets beamed here if you want to get, uh, get aggressive in the predictions or, you know, watch this. I think the Cowboys are going to three and out. Um, that's what we do. We, we talk about what's about to happen. So micro betting is nothing more than what we've 
already been do doing all along. Now we're just taking it where you can do it digitally at scale, very fast, uh, socially, you can share that. Um, so we're basically just applying tech into this really, really organic thing that we do as fans already. Um, and, and it's everybody. It's not just sports bettors. It's anybody watching the game, an avid fan, a casual fan, you name it. It's interesting that you say we've been doing this because as a former catcher myself, I've always watched the game from behind the plate, right? Predicting what's, you know, what's the next pitch going to be? Is it going to be a pitch out? Is it going to be a curveball? Is it going to be a fastball in on his hands? So that's how I've always watched the, the game of baseball. But it's not just MLB and Apple that now you are a part of with this wonderful technology. You're launching into other leagues. You're with the, you had a pilot during the NBA finals and most recently announced a deal with NASCAR. So really the, tell us about how, how dealing with different leagues has really propelled in venue to, to bigger and greater things. Yeah, it's, it's super exciting that the leagues are really diving into the in-game experience um, and, and what we're doing. So, so take what I did back just in the early days of just watching fans at Astros games and, and more and understanding what fans do in real time. Leagues are really doubling down now. And they're saying, how can we complement the in-game experience? How can we make sure that, that betting in the game or interacting in the game complements how fans, our fans, are watching a sport. Now, they're not just doing it um, out of the goodness of their heart, right? This is a, a huge, uh, huge profitable cycle that, that's going to happen, right? You you get people to play along. You They, they were not going to play along unless it's something that's enjoying, enjoying and exciting. They're going to play along. Then they're going to stay longer. They're going to watch longer. They're going to become better fans. So they're really, really jumping in and saying, how do we make this in-game experience good and better and something that's going to be worth our while? Well, what we did with MLB, we did that naturally because we love uh, baseball. I, Kelly loves baseball is just a fact. But, you know, taking the NBA, we partnered up with the NBA. We, we went through uh, we were selected out of their NBA Launchpad program to go out and design better bets, uh, listening to what they know about their fans. And so by listening to them and partnering with them, we can design and have designed micro bets that suit how fans are watching the right windows, like making it more natural to the game experience. And they were able to test our product with real live fans, almost 80,000 of them, in fact, uh, in the International League during NBA Finals or inter on the International League Pass during NBA Finals. It was so exciting. Um, we took almost 300,000 uh, free-to-play microbets, if you will, and really were able to show that fans stick around longer. Um, everybody was thrilled. Now we're doing the same thing with NASCAR. We're learning through them and with them what their fans are watching and starting to design in-race micro bets that will do the same thing. But leagues getting involved and sharing their fan knowledge, uh, being able to A-B test in real time, that's going to change everything for micro bets because it goes back to that part of why we're doing it in the first place, which is because we want to enjoy and experience that game. You've had such a successful career with building supercomputers. When you talk about code, a lot of people I don't think really understand what it means to, you know, to come up with a code and and how you you make this all work and and so fast and artificial intelligence, how it plays into this. Can you just give us a an explanation of for the layman's terms, how it all works? Absolutely. 
So it all starts with making the prediction and that's uh, through machine learning. Um, this is really nothing different than you did, Doug, as a catcher. You had some knowledge about uh, where the sensitive spots were, uh, what pitches to throw, what not to throw, uh, what's happening on the field. Take all that stuff that you thought through um, as you were deciding what, what pitch should be thrown or what's going to happen on the field. Um, that was your call. We're just replicating that with technology. We're able to say, these are the important things about this moment. Um, and that applies to any sport, any moment in sports. And it's different across the whole game. So the machine learning takes real live data uh, from the field, applies it to these models that we've built and runs it all in the course of under a second to spit out a prediction. Um, you know, what will the next pitch be was a really interesting one uh, over this playoff series. Um, you know, uh, Valdez, for example, doesn't really throw a lot of fastballs and uh, therefore the predictions for that were a lot lower and he had a higher prediction for other pitch types. So it's just replicating what you already know and what you think about. Now, the supercompute part of it is all of that has to be done incredibly fast. Like we, some of our predictions come out in 30 milliseconds. So well under a second, because we need to take time to allow people to see that before the next play happens. So it's just super fast predictive learning. The AI comes into place when we start to decide, okay, what's going to happen? What will the next plays be? And how do we pick what's relevant for people to see? So let's go back to when Kelly was playing sports. You played tennis in high school. You played some college basketball. When you <laughs> And then you decided, well, I'm not going to be a professional athlete. I want to go into to engineering. Boy, that was that was a great decision, Kelly. Look what it has, how it has paid off for you. But you've been able to mesh your two passions. That has to be so exciting to be able to do that. And when you think about those early days, did you have any idea when you went into engineering that you would go back on your sports knowledge and love that would turn out like this? I think it was inevitable. Um just as a technologist, you're always looking for solutions in the thing that you love. And that's what I loved. Um, but now I, I was a, a coach's daughter. So sports were a huge part of my life uh, in every shape and fashion you can imagine. Uh, I did play tennis. Uh, I played one year of college basketball at a, a small school called Colorado School of Mines. And I think it was mostly because they didn't have a, a women's tennis team and and they didn't know what to do with me. So they said, hey, why don't you play play ball? I'm about 5'2". Um, so that was not ever going to be my career. Uh, but, you know, I, I think engineering was what I was meant to do. Um, I love solving big problems. I love challenges. So this was just supernatural for me to say, can I take this data coming from the field and do something really cool with it? And that you don't see technologists have the opportunity to really combine passions like this. So I had the perfect storm. I got to combine two things that I'm very, very good at uh, along with um, this growing industry, like the industry with the repeal of PASPA, with the advances in machine learning and AI, with the advances in data, all of those things just lined up and no, I had no idea this was um, my destiny, but I, I just think it was meant to be. So it's it's uh, super exciting. When you talk about the shift from the corporate world to a startup, like in venue, and you think about dad, who you lost five years ago, and I know he was your hero, 
he taught you to take risks and that's what you did but you had a real sense that this was needed in this in the sports world and so he has really think about how he has really stayed with you and and really driven you to this point yeah my my dad uh, is very obviously very special to me uh he was a coach, uh, a coach in West Texas. Uh, so the world of Friday Night Lights was was how I grew up. You know, he was a basketball coach, but he coached JV football um, in in Midland. But my brothers played bat or played basketball, played football. Uh, we were just completely ensconced in the whole sports scenario. Um, but one thing I learned from him was just how to be strategic and tactical. Know what you're good at. Know where you need to fill gaps. But, you know, through his coaching career, I think he saw at some point he did the same thing. He said, uh, you know what, this is as far as I can go in coaching. Um, there was a huge uh, need for uh, people in the oil industry in Midland, Texas. And and he jumped careers too, uh, pretty much, you know, midway through and said, I'm going to go make my way in the oil business. Um, but the oil business eventually crashed. And he said, you know what, that was a great run. Uh, I'm going to go live somewhere that I love. I'm going to move to Colorado and, and, you know, make my home there. So that, that whole journey taught me not to be afraid to make changes, um, to take risks and make changes. And, you know, I think that's, I think you'd be really proud of what I'm doing right now because, you know, my husband and I, we sat down and said, there's a need. I can do this. Uh, if not now, when, I mean, I've been at, I'd been at HP almost 20 years. So this wasn't, you know, I wasn't a 25 year old entrepreneur saying, Hey, let's, let's go make something happen. It was, you know, later uh, that this happened for me, but my dad inspired that because he showed me how to be strategic, how to take risks. And he, uh, he took some big swings and sometimes he, he made it and sometimes he didn't, but it removed all the fear of failure for me. And I think that's, that's what um, I most would tell him thank you for right now, if I could. Another thing that strikes me about your dad is that he mentioned you, you have brothers who played sports, but he also took this great interest in you. And now you becoming one of the, you know, one of the very few women executives in the tech sports world. That's because he believed in you just as much as his sons. Oh, hundred percent. You know, I, I think uh, he and my brothers had me out throwing a spiral uh, by the time I was like eight years old. Um, you know, I, I didn't know I was any different. I, I, I never did. I, I thought and believed I could do anything because of uh, my family. There was no, there was no, you're a girl, so you can't do this. Um, it was, wow, let's go do this. Let's have fun. Um, but as far as, as far as like representation in the space, story I like to tell or how do I like to frame it to people is when I was in tech, I was maybe one of 15 or 20 uh, women uh, in, in the room out of, you know, uh, pretty much the whole career. It stayed pretty much a, a low percentage. When I went into sports tech and started doing sports things, it went to something like one in a hundred. Then when I founded a company and, and pivoted into sports betting, you know, gosh, it's got to be like one in 10,000. So I fully believe in uh, if you can be it, you can see it. And I'm really happy to be part of leading that effort in this space, because I think that different voices make better products and voices from women that are driving betting or women designing tech. You know, I, I think 
it just makes the the whole product more just just more accessible and more holistic for the people that are receiving this product, which is quite honestly a mix of everybody. It's not just uh, it's not just one demographic. So it's it's a great time. We're speaking with Kelly Pratt here on Sports Jam, and you mentioned you know it's not just for you know the betting side; it's for the the fan who who just wants more and craves more information while they're watching. What has been the reaction from both fans and from the you know the sports betting industry to Invenue? Well, I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about the last uh, we just came back from a, a big sports betting conference or big betting conference called GTE in Las Vegas. And it was our third trip to GTE. And I was thinking of the growth of this category and the growth of my company three GTEs ago. So, you know, two years uh, ago, we had just formed the company really, you know, like we were, we get, got our legs. We had done some demos with NBC and put our content out live. Uh, we were green and we were there to show people we can do it. Uh, but the space wasn't ready for microbets. Uh, it was still, Will this make money? Is this good? Um, last year, it was, okay, we think this will make money. How do we do it? How do we, you know, but yet we had kept growing. And then this past year, we're fully uh, fully involved in the space. We're accepted in the space. Uh, people are watching our odds. The fact that we've partnered with Apple, with MLB Network, with in the NBA, with NASCAR, you know, it, it just gives evidence that we are a credible, Credible company delivering a really unique product. Um, the response, though, is we're in a shifting and growing category. So there's there's all kinds of responses, but the the overlying theme is people want more information as they watch sports, and they want to engage as they watch sports. And we're one of just a handful of companies that can truly truly do this in real time. So we're we couldn't be more excited about our future in a venue it's 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 really bright so as you watch the houston astros with your husband do you question dusty baker after knowing what you have in front of you i mean can you watch a game and just enjoy it i think i've taken a little bit of the enjoyment away from my family but but then they ask me like hey should that have happened hey you're like what did what did the the tech say, even um, even my chief of sales and revenue was texting me, hey, why aren't we showing a higher probability for a uh, fastball, like I mentioned the other day? So it's really consumed our lives and become a part of how we watch sports, but it is different for sure. Now, will individual teams contact Kelly to find out, you know, maybe some decisions that, that might be made, even if it comes down to, do we want to keep this you know, this pitcher, or do we want to, do we want to call somebody up from the minor leagues? And they could use this data in so many ways, right? Data is very powerful for sure. Um, I'm a, a big Bill James fan. And, and if you look at what Bill James did uh, for the sport, he asked a different question of the data, right? I, I think one of the questions, like the, the way he looked at data is, can it tell me more about what a good player is and what we should do? And that, that spawned the whole, um, the whole data analytics and baseball as we know it today, right? Um, but his question was was like what you said, like uh, can we can we do a better job as owners or GMs in uh, structuring our team? And that was his question, um, and he handled the way he looked at the data uh, to answer that. In my case, and what we're doing at Invenue, we're asking a different question. We're asking, 
what's going to happen in the next play? What's going to happen in three plays from now? So our question is, how do players perform under certain situations? Um, so that may not say, hey, keep this player. Like if I, if I were uh, on a team analytics, uh, we, we've talked to a few of them. If I were one of those guys, uh, our models don't answer that. Uh, they don't answer, should I keep the player? But they can say, here's some weak spots. Um, and I think that's the future of where this data is. And I know many people are heads, heads down on making that happen, but it all comes down to what I said in the beginning. What question are you asking of the data? And the question we're asking is, what's going to happen so that we can tell the fans what it, what the data says quickly and that we can let them bet on it? So, but I do look forward to a day of publishing my work and getting to meet Bill James and uh, understanding more about kind of his history as well, because he, he spawned a whole new category and growth of numbers and I kind of hope to do the same. Kelly Pratt also uses her gut when it came to making certain decisions. So yes, analytics, you know, plays, plays a role in everything that you do and predictability, but you used your gut to decide, I want to start this in venue. So it wasn't just all the data you had. You, you also had this, this feeling inside. And, and does that come from just the fact that you, you knew that there was this void in the sports world? Yeah, I am a data person. I, I'm, that shouldn't surprise you, right? Um, and wouldn't it be a great world if we always had such clear answers? Like if we we could see A, B, C, D, E, go do that. Um, they weren't there, right? Like I think I think this is part of uh, the engineering skills that I do have, though. You, you never have enough data to say what you should do. Rarely do you. Um, it comes down to what is it showing me? How much do I know? Um, and and while it was gut, because my gut said, hey, all of these people around me want to do the same thing I'm doing. Um, that's that's part of the gut. There was no, at the time, there was no study that said, hey, microbetting is this. Um, uh, there there was nobody out there doing it. It was, it was undone. Um, so there wasn't a, a big industry report. Uh, there wasn't even a, a TAM uh, for this. We had to make it all. So most people want that kind of information before you go out and build a company. So my gut came in when I said, there's a market need. Um, millions of people are watching sports in the U.S. and wanting to engage. Nobody else is doing it. I have the skills. And so that was the data I had to act on. Now, if that's gut, um, then that's gut. But there was still data behind it. I understand there's an in-venue fantasy league. So with that, with that being said, I would imagine that's super competitive because everybody involved has that whole machine approach to what's going on and the numbers and the data. How, how's the league going? Oh my goodness. Uh, great question. So I don't know if you know this, but Matthew Berry is one of our advisors. So it was against the rules to ask Matthew what he, what his picks were. So that's uh, that was uh, number one. Um, uh, we did not invite him into the league this year because I think we didn't want to be embarrassed. And Kelly didn't want to be embarrassed because quite honestly, I haven't had time to manage my team. So I keep having people on injured reserve and I forget the bye week and damn, uh, that's so frustrating. But no, no, sports, 
when it comes to sports and predicting what's happening, this is what I see all the time is people, you can give people numbers all day long. This is where the gut comes into play. And what still it's, what do I think is going to happen as a sports fan? You know, like you, I could tell you probabilities and percentages and ESPN does a beautiful job at telling us that, like who's projected to win and whatnot. But no, we're all gut uh, on that one. And we have a lot of smack talk, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to lose my $50 this year for sure. Jalen Hurts is keeping me, is keeping me in the running, but you know, other than that, I'm, I'm not doing so well. <laughs> I guess you knew you really had exactly what you were looking for when Apple started to put it into on the screen. Right. And so you could really, because once you get it involved in, you know, on, on the media side, it's, it's magic. It really is. Uh, and gosh, we learned so much from putting the numbers on the screen. You know, our, our first experience was putting it on with uh, NBC in a couple of trials the season before. Um, and, you know, we, we learned a lot from there. That was that was gut wrenching. Right. Like the first time you see your work when it's going out to millions of people, um, I, I can't even describe that feeling uh, other than like part of you is really proud uh, and part of you is like so fearful and like and then you bounce back and forth between those two feelings um to see it on apple and then it got to millions and not just one season but then two seasons was phenomenal uh and all of those emotions and all those feelings just went wild in our company because you know yeah we, we see on one side we see like this is fire this is great this is awesome you know uh uh, the Apple executives were really pleased and we're seeing, you know, like Tim talking and reports about how innovative the broadcast is and to know that we're changing history, right? Like we're changing history by being the first predictive analytics live as it goes ever. Um, wow. Like that's something I think my dad would really be proud of. Uh, the fact that, that I, as a five foot two uh, sports techie, uh, changed, changed the space or, you know, was part of that movement. Awesome. But we also learned a ton about uh, how fans interact with those numbers. And what I mentioned about gut earlier, that's what we learned too. Like there was so much debate about, should it really have been 33% for a reach or should it have been more like 35 in venue? Come on now, like it should have been 35 or there was so much debate about the numbers went one way and it should have gone the other, um, you know, like, the cool thing about our data is we find these uh, thumbprints of of behavior in players that would surprise you as as a former catcher. I, I really feel like I need to like sit down with you and show you these. But like we we would find holes like a player at an O2 count would behave a completely different way. Like and it was true all season. So in that case, the probabilities would, would you know go a different way than maybe the league average, only just up a little bit nonetheless up and so fans really were anxious to engage in the why 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 is this what can you tell me more what's what's the proof of that like and whether they loved it or hated it or wanted to debate it what was so freaking cool was the fact that fans were talking about the, the little white numbers on the bottom right of the screen with like and it just shows this hunger in the world to understand data more and to get data that's uh, that helps them make sense of things. Um, so it was brilliant and uh, it was quite the ride, I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, with that ride, I 
would love to know, we only have a, just a few minutes left here. What has been the most interesting comment you've got from a former uh, colleague at Hewlett Packard that knows that you're, you know, on this unbelievable journey now? I love interacting with uh, my old colleagues. Um, I was always very close with my teams at, at HP. And so I think one of my favorite things is to talk about what I'm doing and and how I applied this. And I think I get a lot of uh, a lot of side messages about I've got this idea. I'd love to do that. I love to encourage them. But, um, you know, I've brought on a few of them to come with me on this journey. And and that is so rewarding. Um, my my new um, head of, of technical operations, she said to me uh, two days ago, I said, hey, remember that time we were solving this? We were building the first ARM supercomputer for the world. And she's like, this is just the same. It's just a different problem. Like, this is cool. So I'm, I'm, I say to anybody out in that tech space, like, if you want to know more about doing a startup and jumping from your career, definitely call me because that's the fun part is to encourage people how to see their ideas and go for it. There's probably uh, in connection with you being such a, a Houston Astros fan, there's, there's one thing I don't need in venue to tell me, and that is Jose Altuve will be in the Hall of Fame someday. <laughs> uh, isn't he great? Yeah, he's 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 so much fun to watch, and he's got such a good spirit. I think, and and this is just a tribute to how we all watch sports differently. I mean, he's certainly certainly he's performing. But my favorite part about watching him over the years is how he encourages new players. Um, I remember him going out and getting the ball for a rookie's first hit at one of the games I was at, like like a Hall of Famer taking the time to really grow and and encourage a rookie. I thought that was so incredibly cool. So his um, his demeanor and uh, just his kindness is something that that inspires me and hitting game winning home runs in the bottom of the ninth. Like that's always good. I'm sure you probably talked to dad like I talked to my dad still, even though they're not with us. But dad uh, shows up tonight. What would you want to tell him? You know, I would set all tech aside. I would set all business stuff aside. And I would just sit and enjoy the game with my dad. And he'd probably have a hot dog because he absolutely loved ballpark hot dogs. And I think I would just go back to the old days when we sat and watched baseball. And that's that's why I loved baseball in the first place or any sport. I could just sit with my family and and be together. And that's what I would do. <laughs> what a great answer. Kelly Pratt is the CEO and founder of Invenue, which indeed is changing the way we look at sports. And it's venturing out into so many different leagues now, NASCAR, NBA, MLB, and beyond. We know more leagues are, are coming uh, their way. Kelly, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Thank you for having me. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can hear all the past shows by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam or wbgo.org slash studios. You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR listed podcast or wherever you hear podcasts. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.